outside of the virtual hardwood, it's the LSC Podcast. This is episode number 451. I am Andrew, Andrew in our forum, and Andrew NLSC on Twitter. I am joined as always by my co-host Derek. He is deeper 3 in our forum, and also on Twitter at deeper 384 and deeper3g. Derek, good to be talking to you as always. How's it going? Oh, it's going well. Uh, Andrew and I just got done a session on NBA 2K8 for the PlayStation 3. And Andrew made this comment during the game. It was after the first quarter. He says, can you put in Joakim Noah? We were using the, uh, <laughs> we were using the Bulls versus the um, Seattle Supersonics. And his follow-up comment was, I effing hate Ben Wallace. So I wanted to um, get into that for a moment. Why, why, why do you hate Ben Wallace so much? Well, look, I mean, he was, he was a Piston, and I'm a Bulls fan. Uh, Piston for many years, so there's a bit of a, a rivalry there, obviously. But uh, it's mostly when he became a Bull. Uh, I, was, I wasn't a big fan of him after the uh, Malice at the Palace. Uh, I felt that he was uh, kind of got, got off a bit lightly for his role in that. So he kind of became a bit of a villain. And you know how fun it is to have a villain to cheer against when it comes to your basketball fandom. And then he, jo- he joined the Bulls for $15 million a year and just coasted. And look, I can't fault him for taking the money. The Pistons weren't going to give him that much money. The Bulls overpaid, you know, get the bag and all that stuff. But he he came, he wasn't a leader, he didn't try anymore. Uh, then as soon as he left the Bulls, he started trying again. So yeah, F Ben Wallace. Also with Ben Wallace, the Bulls didn't even have great years with him. No. Um, as their starting center. In fact, um, their best years came, obviously, when Derrick Rose came around, and then they ended up winning 60 games in 10-11 with, um, you know, Joakim Noah at center and whatnot. And that that probably felt good for you as a Bulls fan to see, like, Ben Wallace gone, and then all of a sudden the team rises to, like, these incredible levels. Oh, it was it was definitely worth bottoming out in two thousand eight to get the top picker and Derek Rose with the the slight chance that they had to uh, to get him and, and Noah of course emerging because I was actually at the uh, two thousand seven draft for the, as part of the NBA Live Eight community event they took us to that and saw Joakim Noah get picked get get drafted and go across the stage doing the uh, the Gator Chomp clap um, as he was after he got uh, after he shook David Stone's hand he was walking up the stage and did the uh, the Gator Chomp. So, uh, yeah, I became a fan for him to emerge and uh, and become that all-star player and uh, and much better than uh, Ben Wallace for the Bulls. Uh, yeah, it's just a shame that De- uh, Derek Rose went down with that injury, um, you know, to, to put it mildly. And uh, what could have been, Derek? What could have been? Joakim Noah also was all effort. Yes. Right? Yeah. Like, it was, and he that's the effort, opposite. Yeah. And yeah. It's, yeah, it's the exact opposite of what Ben Wallace was when he was with the bulls so yeah that that unbelievable hustle and everything people don't understand like that's half the battle in rebounding right and that's why he was such a great rebounder when he was with the bulls is because he was just all out hustle always boxing out always going after the ball on every play he was also an underrated passer yes Noah was a good point center. Point very center. good yeah points a very very good passer um from out of the post and like when they would feed him like at the top of the key and let him like make a quick play. So we're talking about your feelings about Ben Wallace, you know, as a bull and whatnot. Uh, it, it makes me think of Kid Cash's question uh, for me. Uh, he asked me how I felt about Marcus Banks 
uh, when he got drafted by the Celtics in his early years in Boston and whatnot. And Kid Cash was a fan of Marcus Banks in college. I think he was a fan of him during his NBA career as well. Marcus Banks was a hell of a college player. Uh, he played two years at UNLV, averaged 20 points per game one season uh, and whatnot, but he never really panned out in the NBA. He bounced around quite a bit. We needed a point guard at the time. The Celtics needed a point guard. And uh, that year we had Mike James, Chucky Atkins, and um, Marcus Banks. And Marcus Banks, I think he played like 17 minutes a game, something like that. But as a fan, we never liked having him on the floor, at least in my household. And I know that sounds terrible, but – he never showed the confidence in his offensive game. He never showed the confidence in his shot in general. He never really made great plays. He's very underwhelming for us in his few years with the Celtics. Um, I think one of the problems is, is he was a player that had the speed of like a Nate Robinson, but he never had the confidence of a Nate Robinson, the, um, the athleticism of a Nate Robinson or the shiftiness of a Nate Robinson. So imagine Nate Robin, like uh, a slightly taller player than Nate Robinson, just without all of those things that made Nate Robinson great. That's how it was with Marcus Banks. To answer your question, Kid Cash, um, I think he was a great college player and whatnot, but we were never truly fond of Banks in Boston, at least in my household. And he was super underwhelming as a player because he wasn't a great point guard. They tried to throw him at shooting guard sometimes, but he was never confident enough in his shot or his offensive game to, game to truly make an impact. And he never like he never seemed to make a truly great or positive impact on the floor. I have nothing against Marcus Banks, but he was uh, very underwhelming. Yeah, I don't have a lot of uh, memories of uh, Marcus Banks uh, like you do. Uh, I, I do remember creating him in roster updates and, of course, maintaining the ratings. Obviously, a, a player who played a lot better in college, didn't really translate to the NBA game. Uh, to that end, I think the Celtics have had a much better uh, run with uh, Marcus Smart than uh, Marcus Banks. No, and I think Marcus Br- Marcus Smart brings a lot more to the table mm. than yeah. Banks as a player. He's a better passer. Um, he's a better defender. Uh, Marcus Banks was a good on-ball defender at times in in the pros and whatnot, but he wasn't the all-around defender that Marcus Smart was, and he's also not as he wasn't also he was also not as consistent as well. Marcus Banks actually was not very fun to use in video games either. You would think that because of his speed that he would be effective in past games and whatnot, but you could rarely shoot well with Marcus Banks in video games. His speed didn't really give you much. He wasn't much faster than a lot of the other guards that were in the league. And defensively, he never had like a steal on him, like for a rate, like a high steal rating or anything like that. So you weren't like picking people's pockets either. Um, I think that um, – so in 2006, the Celtics sent him away. He was traded um, by the Celtics with Mark Blount, Ricky Davis, Justin Reed, and a 2006 second-round draft pick uh, and a 2008 second-round draft pick to the Minnesota Timberwolves for Dwayne Jones, the Candyman, Michael Olawa Candy, and Wally Zerbiak, and a 2009 first-round draft pick now bringing in Wally Zerbiak was great because Wally Zerbiak was like a potential 20 point scorer 
for us. And he spread the floor and he gave us something that we actually needed, you know, at the time. And Kevin Garnett couldn't punch him because he was at the Celtics and uh, KG was still with the Wolves. I don't know if people know about that, but. And obviously, Michael Oluwakandi didn't exactly pan out as a Celtic. He was pretty much done at that point. It was actually sad, um, you know, how he, you know, came to us and performed with us when we had him. But, yeah, that's how I feel about Marcus Banks, Kid, Kid Cash. No issues with him personally or anything like that. He was just very underwhelming in the NBA. You know, we were playing with the, the Bulls and uh, and Sonics, talking about players that uh, kind of ended up a bit disappointing. Uh I, I was a big fan of Ben Gordon back in the day, so it was, it was very fun to play with him in, in 2K8 there when we, in that session before we started recording. But again, there's, there's another what if there. What if they don't let him go to the Pistons? What if he, he's able to be that uh, great scorer off the bench still or playing alongside Derek Rose for more than a season? And uh, Kid Cash also drew our attention to a recent uh, uh, incident with Ben Gordon, which is which we won't get into, but it's very unfortunate to hear. Uh, a few years back, he was having some issues and uh, there was a Players' Tribune article that he uh, he wrote uh, speaking about those issues and how he was turning things around, but uh, yeah, that, that's very unfortunate. And uh, yeah, I I was a big fan of Ben Gordon uh, back in the day, and uh, such a, a dynamic scorer off the bench and later as a starter, and uh, and also fun to play with in in games. He was a star for me in Live 06, my Live 06 dynasty with the Bulls. But yeah, just playing with him there in two K eight, yeah, I managed to get a few shots with him, and I was I was quite uh, quite pleased with myself with that. He also helped carry us to a victory, actually. Him and one of my favorite players, Kirk Heinrich. Um, Kirk Heinrich had a couple big steals in that fourth quarter and layups off the steals. And Ben Gordon, I think you hit a three with him. You hit a corner jumper with him. And he had a couple nice drives that I did with him and whatnot, and, you know, finishing on contact and everything. We actually ended that game on 2K8 on a 10-0 run. Very satisfying. Win yeah. A, yeah, it was very satisfying because we were down by four. In the fourth, I think it was like 41 to 37. I don't know, something like that. And um, we went on that huge run and then ended up winning the game. 2K8 is interesting because it's really tough to go from like NBA Live 2003 or NBA Live 2004, et cetera, to, um, to NBA 2K8 or NBA 2K7 because you don't have that like ease of settling in. Like you don't have the right stick dribbling. Um, you'll, you, you, you noticed it too. There's definitely like suction issues a little bit with NBA 2K8 where they put you in these animations while you're trying to dribble or while you're trying to go around your defender. And it just kind of feels like the game's controlling where your player is going and what's happening. And then you also have the issues where you'll be standing in one spot and a pass will be thrown to you and the game will make your player move like five or 10 feet from where he was to catch the ball and sometimes we'll end up in a turnover or you'll end up where you don't want to be. So it's a little tougher to settle into a game like NBA 2K8 as opposed to like quickly jumping into a game of like NBA Live 2004. I, I agree. I actually looked up the controls before we started playing just to uh, get a get a feel for them, get it, <laughs> see what I was dealing with uh, before I started playing. And I was, I was just looking up the dribbling controls. And of course, there, there aren't really that many detailed dribbling controls in that generation of 2k it's still that old school ice emotion that I'm, I'm just not a fan of but it still feels okay and once you get a feel for that uh th that whole method of holding sprint and using the left stick you start to make a few moves but but yeah there's definitely that less pick up and play to it although we as we went on we did pick it up and and, and went on that 10-0 run again very satisfying 
I also noticed in the manual they were talking about some of the uh, improvements they made that year, and one of them was less sliding. They actually made a point of saying that in the manual, not just the previous season, but in the manual as well. And I, I think one of the downsides of that, obviously we don't like sliding, we, we've criticized it in recent games, but their method of fixing it did have players moving to those spots on passes and, and make, yes, there's less sliding, there's more foot planting, but it also moves them out of position, and that's a problem. Yeah, I don't know how much that has to do with sliding or just the game just being more canned in general. I just think it's harder to settle into those 2K games sometimes for the reasons that I stated. Um, I also wanted to point out, though, how great is that crowd cam reveal? that i chose um it's the one that i try to play on most of the time in that game because it's unique to nba 2k8 it's the only 2k that has that camera view presented in that way so basically the crowd cam in 2k8 it looks like the old sega genesis nba live 96 iso view it doesn't rotate um or anything like that it's zoomed out very much similar to like to nba live 96 nba live 95 for sega etc and um i thought it was great to play on that view as much as i enjoy broadcast cam for playing games like that there, there's something very nostalgic always about playing on an isometric view in any game that uh, that allows it and i've said it before i'm surprised that more games don't do that because it is so nostalgic i suppose as we're getting to the upper end of the demographic there are fewer people who have a uh, an appreciation for that they weren't playing the games that we were playing growing up, so they don't remember that view as fondly. But it's it's a fun view to play on. I think people would enjoy it. Uh, the, no no game has really tried to do it. Uh, Live 16 kind of had a similar angle where, where it was kind of isometric, but it also rotated, so it wasn't quite the same as well. Uh, oh, yeah, it's the one they start you off in. That's yeah, right. It is, that's right. It yeah, is Live, the Live 16, one, yeah. they start you in that for the demo and when you first get the game, and then you have to change out of it. Um, that's but right, with yeah. NBA 2 yeah, the reason why it's great on NBA 2K8 and when it was great on NBA Live 96, Live 95 and whatnot is it is fixed. You don't have to worry about the court rotating and you have the best view of the floor, right? Because of how zoomed out, because of the angle and it's zoomed out, you can see everything. We had no problem seeing what was going on on the floor because it just showed everything. Um, I think it's very underrated and I think more people would use it if it was in the newer games. But I did love the plays we were making. There was one that unfortunately didn't pan out. Um, it was a, a great uh, great pass from Noah to a driving Gordon. I, I wasn't expecting the control to change to me. Uh, I made the pass, and uh, you were you were streaking down with Gordon, and it changed the, the control to me, and I, I didn't finish because I wasn't expecting to uh, have to hit the shoot button. But, but man, we, we made some great plays down the stretch there. Again, that 10-0 run was so satisfying because we, were, we, we did get behind, and you, you know us, we, we can't lose. We can't lose to the CPU, Derek. We would have had to play again before we recorded yeah, the show. Yeah. No, there was a pass where actually I did a pick and roll with you. You were Ben Gordon at the top of the key, and I was Joakim Noah. And I set a pick, and I rolled off, and you hit me right um, right in the right spot. And I did, like, a power dribble into a two-handed jam with Noah. And that actually had me pumped. Yeah. I thought that was a really good play. And it's very realistic, the way it looked. That game has amazing visuals. It still looks great today, like the shadows, the the lighting in the arena, the way the players look, etc. Like, I think it's just a really good looking game. But you want to know why it was a little bit tough for me to get settled in on that game, too, is because Nate, NBA Live 01 legend, um, and I, we had a Parsec session and we played NBA Live 2004. And I used the Celtics. He used the Cavs. And um, I can't believe how much I got screwed in the first quarter. He would be the first to to agree that 
it was crazy. I was missing open shots all over the floor. Everything was going against me, et cetera. So he went up like 14 to two to start this game. Um, quarters two, three, and four were an epic battle. I ended up losing the game by two because I'm not going to count that last second three he heaped up. I think it was with LeBron that went in. Um, but he's excellent at NBA Live 2004. And that Cavs team is so tough to compete with because as we've stated before on the on the show they have three rim runners three super athletic guys who can put the ball on the floor and throw it down and they can also shoot in that game a lot of the time he had a couple threes with lebron um he can hit outside shots with ricky davis but darius miles ricky davis and lebron on that team are so tough to handle they're always on the fast break they can always jump stop into dunks and then he had big z so i couldn't get crap going in the paint with Antoine Walker, who sucked all game. Tony Batie, Vin Baker, couldn't get anything going with any of them. But Big Z is drop-stepping in there, and he's throwing it down on me on like two and three defenders and whatnot. Um, he's hitting these little quick hooks and quick, um, quick shots right at the hoop, and it's like really tough to compete with the Cavs on that game. But I thought it was a great game. I posted it to the NLSE YouTube um, and him and I are going to have to connect a whole bunch more on that game because he's really fun to play against. Um, my standout star was Paul Pierce in that game. Uh, Tony Delk hit a couple threes, uh, but it was really Paul Pierce trying to carry me to the promised land, but go from NBA live 2004. I'm telling the, our listeners this, Go from NBA Live 2004 and then jump into a game of NBA 2K8. Controls are night and day different. Pace is night and day different. And that is an interesting adjustment to try to make. Oh, the, the muscle memory, trying to overcome that with the, the controls going back and forth like that is uh, you'll, you'll definitely throw a, a lob from half court. Or, or I, I had a, a jump stop when I didn't mean to because I wasn't used to the, in 2K8 this is, used to how, how quickly the icon passing disappears. Other games leave it up. A lot longer or, or they, indeed they don't uh, don't switch off in, until you hit the button again depending on the game but I, I made a couple mistakes like that and, and you do when you're going back and forth between games but I, I love getting into these uh, older 2k games I didn't play them as much back in the day because I was so into NBA live so it's been really rewarding to go back and play games I'm glad you suggested 2k8 uh, I've been playing a bit of 2k6 on Xbox 360 recently posted a couple of clips there um, it, it may I don't know if it's gonna be my, my next retro kick Derek but I really enjoyed playing some games with the, uh, the Decade All-Stars, the All-Decade teams, because Charles Barkley's in 2K6. And, and that makes it an oddity. Oh, yeah. I mean, my brother and I revisited that recently. And I actually remember I posted some, po some footage on Twitter um, of me playing it. And that was one of the first things we said when we went into the All-Decade teams. We're like, hey, there's Barkley. And he's got a portrait, too, right? Yeah. Like, it's like it's Barkley like in the flesh it's unbelievable he's in a video game how about that they, um, they call him number 34 they don't actually have audio for Barkley but they, they do actually have a portrait yeah yep they have the portrait for him um 2k6 is very interesting because it's it, it can be rough especially if you're playing it on the higher levels but it's definitely still a good game of basketball and it's too bad that we can't connect on that using Parsec because um if it was for Xbox One, or it could be played on Xbox One, we would be able to use it. We're using like Parsec in conjunction with the Xbox Companion app, but you can't use the Xbox Companion app with Xbox 360. So unfortunately, you and I won't be able to be playing that anytime soon. But I would have loved to jump on the sticks on, on that with you. 
Before we go on, a reminder that the NLSC podcast comes out every week on the NLSC, mb-live.com, as well as our YouTube channel. We're also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and other podcast apps. If you're listening on any of those apps, we'd greatly appreciate a review. To keep up with the show and everything we're doing with basketball gaming in general, connect with us on social media. On Twitter and Facebook, we are The NLSC. We also have an Instagram, NLSC Basketball. And on YouTube, we're youtube.com slash NBA Live Series Center. Once again, visit us at nba-live.com, where in addition to the podcast, you'll also find all of our original content, as well as our forum and modding community. We have been having so much fun revisiting these uh, these old favorites and, and games we haven't spent as much time with. And and one game that we revisited this past week over Parsec, and we've been talking about it recently because we've been playing Live 99 a lot, we were talking about revisiting 2000 as well and uh, making some comparisons. So we connected on Parsec, uh, Kings versus Nets, and, you know, Derek, I, I don't know if I can separate 99 and 2000. They are both tremendous games. I, I don't know if I could pick a favorite. Yeah, I hosted this session, um, and it worked beautifully for you um, as the client, and I thought we had a great game using that Kings team. And, and that Kings team is always fun, especially the Jason Williams Kings, right? I mean, you got Jason Williams, Peja, and in that game, Predrag Stojakovic, because they weren't calling him Peja yet in the games. Um, you know, Chris Weber, Vladi, it's like Nick Anderson. Like, that is just a really fun team to use and tony delk's on the bench there and you notice i kept putting him in yes i'm a big yes. tony delk guy I, I like tony delk um so it, i loved having him it's on funny floor. it's funny because the 2002 kings we think of because they're the most successful kings team outside of the uh rochester royals back in the 50s obviously but th- those kings before bibi came when you've got jason williams when you've got white chocolate and c web they are a very fun video game team they were more exciting to watch for me. I love Mike Bibby. I thought he was great for the Kings and maybe better, um, you know, for the success of that group. But if you want to talk about pure action, you want to talk about, um, you know, who's going to, sh- you know, how often they're going to show up on NBA inside stuff, um, how often they're going to hit the highlight reels, that's going to be with Jason Williams. Right. So Chris Weber loved playing with Jason Williams too. He, he talked about, it. he also said that, he thinks Jason Williams is probably the best ball handler he's ever seen. And I can't argue that his ball handling was just out of this world. One, I love Jason Williams, big fan. Anyway, so the, the game was incredibly fun. Chris Weber is just an absolute beast in NBA Live 2000. He will dunk on anybody. And he will dunk on multiple defenders. It's very tough to stop him going to the hoop. So you and I both were trying to get you know, Weber in the, on the block or in the high post and then make moves towards the hoop just so he could get that really satisfying poster dunk. And it happened many times. Um, I think he probably had eight to 10 dunks in that game, but you know, you talk about NBA live 99 and comparing it with live 2000, which we talked about in the last couple episodes of the NLSC podcast, man, from a gameplay perspective, they're just so similar and they're both incredibly fun. Um, the controls are basically the same for both games. Uh, I think just where NBA live 2000 wins out is it's depth. Yes. You yeah. know what I mean? It's the, it's the legends. It's the enhanced season features. Um, it's, uh, you know, even a little bit better graphics, like you had stated, they cleaned it up a little bit. Um, some of the cyber faces are better, but really what it comes down to it is the depth of NBA live 2000, but you want to talk about a quick game and just having fun. 
Live 99 and Live 2000, it's they go hand in hand. I agree. The, the comparison that I made talking to you afterwards in our chat, I said, for me, it's like Fallout 3 and Fallout New Vegas in that it depends on the day. Like I, I may play Live 99 today and think, oh, that's that's the game that I prefer out of the two, slightly. And then tomorrow I'll play Live 2000 and, and swing back the other way because they are so similar. They're both fantastic. Live was absolutely cooking at that time, getting better in some way every single year. 2000, as you said, added that depth with franchise and, and legends. And uh, I think they clean up a few uh, a few things with gameplay as well. Obviously, the graphics are enhanced. You talk about plays that fire you up, though. What about that drop step and dunk with Weber? I love that. <laughs> well, I made a spin move with Jason Williams and fed you on that. And it was just everything was like in sync in exactly the way it would have happened in real life. I make the crossover in the spin move with Jason Williams. I dump it down to you, and right off the catch, you go into a power dribble drop step and throw it down two-handed. People don't get it. Like, you know, the, the kids today, that stuff, you know, when it happened in the older games was amazing. And when you can do stuff like that now in the newer games, it's still amazing, right? Like, it's amazing whether it was 22, 23 years ago or, you know, if it happened in NBA 2K23. There was another play, which I actually shared on Twitter, where I um, I was on the um, in the high post with Chris Weber, and I went behind my back and then did a quick spin baseline, and I threw it down one-handed. That felt and looked absolutely amazing. I almost put that in the top 10 because I was like, man, that looks great. Um but there was also a point where we put Paige Stoyakovich in, and immediately when we put him in, you hit a three with him. And then he hit another guarded three later in the game. And there was that differentiation aspect, which is so cool about video games. So Paige came in and kind of was a difference maker at that point. And if people remember correctly, in NBA Live 2000, Paige doesn't start. It's actually Corliss Williamson. And then Nick Anderson is that shooting guard. So... We bring in Pager. He's this spark plug. He's hitting threes. Chris Weber is playing as he should be. He's throwing it down in traffic. Um, he's he hit a hook shot in the post as well. Um, you know, Jason Williams took an, an ill-advised three like he would in real life, and it bricked. But overall, he's setting up his teammates and he's getting to the hoop and hitting layups and whatnot. And it was just really fun to use that Kings team. And NBA Live 2000 did such a good job with the differentiation factor you know, between players, which is something that shootout struggled with, you know, the NBA live 2001 legends played NBA shootout 2004. And they were like, man, you can dunk with Mike Bibby and Bobby Jackson. Like they're Vince Carter, right? You can't do that in NBA live 2000. You got to use players more to their real life strengths. And I think they did, they did a great job with that. I mean, we've talked about how we, we do see issues with uh, animations these days. If the wrong animations have been assigned, particularly to legends in, uh, in modern titles, but that, that is something that over the years in older games, seeing that differentiation, seeing players, not just anyone who can dunk does a 360 or a 720 or 540 or something like Live 96 and, and 97 and, and that generation, which is not to dump on those games. I do love those games. But when they actually started bringing in that differentiation that you that if, if a player dunked, they would have a, a suitable dunk package, uh, an animation package for that and having that... Uh, differentiation between players and that you could have some simple dunks for players who would just you know, you know have the whole uh, rim, the rim grazers as they call it in 2k was was such a, a big step forward and uh, and live 2000 uh yeah just just great animations all around 
But the other thing I love about those games, and of course I've mentioned it on the podcast and in many Wayback Wednesday articles now, is the interactive almanac aspect of uh, of those titles. We're going back to games and uh, and seeing the rosters as they were at the time. Like you say, Pager before he was Pager, quite literally before they started calling him Pager in uh, roster listings, and coming off the bench and, and being that uh, that, that reserve, that, that, that sharpshooter off the bench rather than the... Uh, uh, an occasional all-star that he was as a, as a starter a few years later and I just loved it about, about old games going back and, and seeing those old lineups and we saw, again we saw the same in, in 2k8 as well I mean no I'm not a fan of Ben Wallace but I'm still reminded of that time when I go when we go back and play a game like that you remember the rosters and, and rookie Noah and, and Ben Gordon on the Bulls and the the backcourt of Heinrich and Gordon and uh and, and Dang of course and and yeah, Ben Wallace, but uh, yeah, I just love that about old games that it brings back so many memories of the real NBA as well. Right. Mods are great, but it's also great to look at the stock ro- rosters because it's like looking back in time. And I do love that aspect of it. You know, I'm playing the is the Celtics against Nate in live 2004, and I'm hitting threes with Walter McCarty. And um, I also had a really nice one-handed hammer with him on the fast break. You can see those highlights up on the NLSC YouTube. Um, they were posted a couple days ago. Um, but you know, you remember guys like, you know, Eric Williams and whatnot and how you felt about them at the time when they were playing. And, um, you know, it really brings you back. I also wanted to bring up something too, about NBA live 2000. I would be open to starting a season with you. And I know that we're both sim heads in this way of like stats and whatnot and stat accumulations, but I would absolutely be open to starting a season with you on NBA live 2000 with stock rosters and doing maybe like five minutes a quarter. And we just play a game whenever we can and whatnot and try to go through a season. I think co-op seasons are super underrated. I've talked about it on prior shows and whatnot and working together towards a common goal and everything. And I think that would be really fun. Oh, definitely. I mean, we could even just do playoffs mode, recreate the 2000 playoffs, for example. Right, exactly. We could do something like that, and um, maybe we could get Jason Williams Kings a ring, right? (laughs) Who knows? But, no, it's been really good connecting on Parsec recently. I mean, we were able to revisit NBA Live 96, NBA Live 99, NBA Live 2000, NBA 2K8. I connected with Nate on NBA Live 2004. You and I still have our NBA Jam on Fire Edition road trip. We played the All-Star game a few months back on NBA Live, on NBA 2K13 um, using the URB and whatnot. It's just the, the endless possibilities. Like we have, We'll never exhaust our options in basketball gaming and gaming together. And how about this? Playing Jordan versus Bird PC with a, on a floppy disk, with an external floppy, through DOSBox, over Parsec. We had the technology. We did it, folks. We... Andrew and I played the 1988 Jordan versus Bird PC version together. And I was a little disappointed. You kind of probably felt that because I still think the NES version is superior. I think the graphics overall are superior. I think the animations are superior. Um, I think the one-on-one when you get the hang of the shooting and whatnot is more fun. Um, I enjoy the three-point shootout more. I think there's more of a, like, challenge to it and whatnot. But I'll tell you what, for a 1988 game, um, you know, for the PC, from a floppy disk and whatnot, 
that game still can be fun. And I still think like the Jordan dunk animations for the slam dunk contest, you know, the kiss, the rim, the windmill, the, um, the Dr. J dunk, all of that stuff. I think they look really good for a game that came out in 1988. Oh, for sure. And, and it is uh, interesting that the NES version is better than the PC, which, which for that time is not actually that surprising, really. One thing I do like about the PC's graphics a little bit more, though they are lower quality, I do actually like that they have the Bulls jersey and the Celtics jersey, and they've even got MJ with his calf sleeve. That's a really nice detail. As you said, the animations are pretty cool as well. Uh, the, the sound effects are PC speaker, so they're nothing like the NES's uh, sound chip. That's, that is definitely superior. And uh, the uh, slightly different controls as well, but... No, it's still it's still a blast to play. I'm really glad we're able to, uh, to connect on that and play a one on one, and then have some uh, some dunk contest practice and three point shootout was uh, was a lot of fun to uh, to do that. And of course, I can actually copy that to the hard drive and play it off the hard drive, and it'll be quicker loading times. But I did want us to have that authentic floppy disk experience with the uh, slightly longer loading times and the one moment please loading. Uh, that that takes me back to playing uh, games uh, early uh, IBM compatible games. It wasn't too bad. Loading times weren't too bad. They, they were bearable. Um, I think that's also coming from somebody like me and you who were around for the DSL days, right? Yes. Like we were around for slow loading times and everything. And up, we yeah. have, I probably have a little bit of, yeah, we probably have uh, a little bit more patience as uh, a result. I, I will say that the NES music is so nostalgic for me. And, you know, they have the music playing through the events, like the different dunk contest music, the three point contest music, etc. And it, I can hear it in my head right now. And I've said this before, like it makes me want to like put the game on um, because I have so many memories with that game. It's one of the first basketball video games that I ever played. So that's sorely missing from the floppy disk version of jordan versus bird and i agree with you that i do like that they're wearing like the celtics and bulls uniforms in that pc version however there's something cool about them wearing their warm-ups oh yeah in the nes version the colors um just the fact that they're doing these events in their warm-ups and everything like it actually kind of makes sense so i um yeah i actually like that aspect of the nes version but well, all in all, we had fun with it. It was nice to revisit it. And that was the first time I ever played that game. And the beauty of Parsec is I don't own it. You own it. But you were able to share that game with me. So that was kind of cool. And of course, I did get that uh, complete in box. So that was a great retro pickup, that one. And not too expensive either. I was very pleased about that. And uh, a shout out to uh, to Mio on, on Twitter. She asked me because I, I said, oh, it's complete in box and it's got the, the manual and it's got the, the disc and it's got this and that and the reference card and it's got the uh, the copy protection wheel. And she says, the what? And uh, yeah, so games back in the day, and, and we're talking about what we grew up with. And of course, uh, that includes dial-up internet and uh, well, even pre-internet, of course, and floppy disks and, and so on. But back in the days of floppy disks, you would have copy protection that would be would take the form of find, find a word in the manual and enter this, or you'd have a reference sheet with, with different uh, copyright words that the, the game would randomly ask you to uh, to enter this one line, uh, row 7, line 48, or whatever. Uh, find find the, uh, the word and enter this. And, and the point was that you could copy the disc, but unless you copied all of those materials, then you couldn't really pirate the game. Although people found a way around it. Uh, I don't know if you've ever played uh, Body Blows, Derek. It's a Street Fighter clone made by Team 17, who also made the Worms franchise. 
uh, kind of a Street Fighter clone for PC called Body Blows back in the day. Did you ever play that one? Never played that, but Worms um, and Worms Armageddon and whatnot actually were played a lot yeah. in my house. Um, in I, I want to say it was the late 90s and whatnot. I'm not mm. sure either that or early 2000s. So huge. But, uh, those, yeah. ga- those games are good, yeah. So Body Blows came with a reference sheet with uh, for copyright protection, and it was yellow, so it was harder to photocopy. So they were doing things like that, or complete manuals, find the find the word in the manual, as I said. But the other thing they would do is these copy protection wheels. Uh, Monkey Island did it as well, the Dial-A-Pirate wheel, the original Monkey Island, where you'd have to spin the wheel and line up a certain combination, as specified by the game on boot, to enter whatever phrase came up when you uh, turned all the wheels. So with, uh, they're usually themed for the games. And Jordan vs. Bird has like your, your seat number based on row and section etc you spin the wheel the three wheels to line it up and then see what your seat number is and enter it and of course this went away when cd-roms came in because originally they were harder to to copy home uh, optical drive writers weren't as uh, prevalent in the uh, mid 90s there of course then they became very standard so people could uh, uh, pirate games and then they uh, came up with other ways of doing of, of protecting the games so yeah it's another one of those antiquated things derek that I remember from back in the day, the, the box full of stuff, including the copy protection materials, that uh, a younger generation, uh, Mio is, is, is uh, a bit younger than us, uh, looks at that and says, what the hell is that? But yeah, again, very nostalgic, uh, something like that, as weird as it is. Hey, you know what? Number one, it works. It yeah. makes sense, right? Yeah. Number two, I wish I had that for NBA 2K9 for the PC when I kept ordering copies that wouldn't, wasn't <laughs> allowing me to like install it and whatnot. I far would have preferred that old wheel tactic and whatnot in order to get NBA 2K9 for the PC to work. I also want to just let our listeners know that the biggest difference in gameplay between the NES version of Jordan versus Bird and the PC version is that for the PC version, you just hit one button and release it to shoot. It's like any modern basketball game and whatnot but in the nes version you actually have to hit one button to start your shot and then hit the other button to release your shot and you want to release the shot at the top of your form and whatnot and i actually think that a game that's that simple that is very limited in modes and mechanics and whatnot i think it needs that dynamic which is why I like the mechanic for the NES version. I think that it needs to be more skill-based because there's really no skill involved in the PC version of shooting with Larry Bird, right? He releases it the exact same every single time, and all you do is you just push the button and release it, and he just shoots it. You just got to hope it goes in. But in the NES version, you actually have to time it, and I like that element. There's a bit of rudimentary timing in the... uh... In the PC version, what I do like is that they have their uh, their shooting forms, individual shooting forms. I think the fact that they had a couple of animations like that, they didn't just have the two of them shoot the same way. Uh, you, you can tell that they that's really... true too. That did you can tell there's definitely that attention to detail aspect. I see it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, MJ and Bird are actually credited as uh, producers on the game. They, they were clearly involved in the uh, production of it. And going through the manual, reading the quotes from them and the the tips and them talking about basketball strategy and everything. Again, that, that's why it's so great to have that manual. You don't actually need the manual for um, copy protection. It's just the wheel. But, man, I'm so glad that I got the uh, completed box for Jordan versus Bird because, yeah, just, uh, the, the, just just great to just read through that manual and see how, how manuals used to be. And uh, it's, it's, an old, it's old paper, Derek, so it even smells like the 80s. 
Yeah, I mean, just like I was impressed with some of the um, animations with Lakers versus Celtics in the NBA playoffs, you know, the PC version, um, you know, with Kareem's hook and whatnot and a couple of the dunk animations. I, I'm the same. Uh, I, I'm, I'm just as impressed with some of the animations in the 1988 PC version of Jordan versus Bird. But no, it's been great. It's so cool that we can connect on a game that that's, that's that old. And I also want to follow up on a uh, previous eBay purchase that I made. As I said, I accidentally bought a just the manual of NBA in the Zone 2000, Derek, and I I've, now have a copy of that for PS1. That I uh, bought that and it has arrived, and I actually got that for less. It, it was cheaper than the standalone manual, so that's kind of a happy ending there. Oh, and I, and I did see you post that, and that's awesome. I think uh, the community is really enjoying that you're posting more content from your Twitter handle and from the NLSC's Twitter handle and whatnot. Uh, people love seeing that stuff. It's been fun to do. I mean, obviously, do the articles, do YouTube stuff as well, but I'm trying to be a bit more active on the uh, socials as well and, and share some uh, uh, some clips as you have uh, you set a great example for me in that uh, in that respect but certainly with the collection uh trying to share any new pickups and uh, i will take a picture of the full updated collection after i get a couple more things arriving still waiting for uh starting five two thousand five to come from japan it's on the way according to the uh the parcel tracker so that should be here soon and uh yeah once i've got all the uh all of that there i will uh, take an updated uh photo of <laughs> gotta pull everything out and uh it's it's not too bad pulling it all out Derek. it's putting it away is the uh that's a tough part i love that we're inspiring each other to like enhance our collections because like you saw that i picked up nba starting 5 2005 and you got right on it yeah you were like i need that game in my collection and you know i shared the footage and that probably got you pumped up about it too and whatnot and then you've also inspired me to go out and like i need to get jordan versus bird the pc version like, I have to get it now, um, now that I played it and whatnot, and you showed me pictures of the manual and everything. So, yeah, I think uh, I'm pretty lucky to have a friend that collects like I do and loves basketball gaming like I do as well. But how about that top 10 this week? Such a variety of games that were played that show up in the highlights. NBA 2K23, NBA 2K22, 2K17, 2K16. Then we had um, Live 18, Live 19, Live 2001 and Live 96, all in the same top 10, all with great highlights. Uh, I, I love the submissions that we're getting. I'm loving the games that you and I are connecting on and whatnot. And I love that people are still playing some of these classics. I've said it before, I, I love dunks. It is, to me, the most exciting highlight in basketball, real or virtual. But man, those top two plays this week, and yes, one of them is a dunk, but it is a, a, an amazing self value from way out i've never seen that happen in live before so anything that's unique really stands out i love getting those uh from our, from the community and, and seeing you put them in the top 10 and, and the full court shot by uh, the live king yeah those are the kinds of unique highlights that uh yeah if you've got them people share them because they're definitely top 10 material Right, and Sticky Fingers with his NBA 2K16 highlights of Mark Eaton just stuffing everything yeah, at the rim. Yeah, yeah. Like, that absolutely belongs in there. And I love seeing stuff like that because, you know, it's not, it doesn't always need to be a dunk. It can be a great defensive highlight. And um, Mark Eaton um, is arguably the greatest, is certainly single season shot blocker of all time. He holds the record by far for single season block shots um, with over 450. <laughs> in one season um so absolutely fitting 
in the top 10 plays. And I had to sneak in our NBA Live 96 alley-oop into the top 10. I mean, the me driving the length of the court with D Brown and then throwing it to you. Who's cutting with Reggie Lewis, who skies with his head at the rim and dunks it on two warrior defenders. That was just awesome. But yeah, thank you to the community for your top 10 submissions. Um, the top 10 is still going strong and it's exciting every week. And of course that, uh, live 96 PC highlight came with the work in progress, classic teams roster, just putting just throwing that together for uh, live 96 PC, uh, actually did a bit, bit more uh, Live 96 PC modding last night, Derek. I finished pretty much the, the jersey roster, the jersey portrait roster, where all of the players are on the teams that match their the, the jersey in their portrait. And I also put together a, a draft roster where everybody is on the team that drafted them, or at the, at the very least because 96 doesn't have a, uh, a big proper free agent pool. It's just a, another team with 14 slots, not even the 15 slots of the time, it's just 14. So there's a lot of players left over. They also spill into the uh, the Grizzlies and uh, and Raptors just uh, just to be their undrafted players or extra players that wouldn't fit on the uh, on the team that drafted them. And uh, it was interesting to to look that up, Derek, and to to move players around and and again remember where some players were actually drafted because you do forget. And man, there are so many players in Live 96 PC that were drafted by the Kings. Like you can just see how many players the the Kings drafted who ended up. Uh, having more success elsewhere but it's really interesting to put together you've got a sonics lineup that's got james donaldson sean camp scotty pippen uh nate mcmillan and gary payton uh, you've got a warriors lineup that's got uh both hardaways tim and penny in there and and also uh chris mullen and latrell spreewell mitch richmond so there are some some crazy lineups with those uh rosters it's minimalist modding i love that and uh yeah uh, i mean we wanted to go with a 2k game this week to uh, to play since we have been playing a lot of live but i'd love to connect with you on that and play with those rosters because there are some crazy lineups there that warriors roster is deadly yeah like i want to put them on the floor i think that's who i'd want to use if we were to connect and play on the same team and whatnot and what's great about that roster that you're doing is it can be done on console as well right because this is it's minimalist modding really it's you're using the game's assets yeah and you're moving players around right and maybe if you wanted to you could adjust an age um here or there adjust something uh, on the fly but again a jersey number but again that's something you can do with the in-game the in-game tools so i really only got big into modding in like 2013 um i did some modding back in the day for nba live 98 as i told you before um but there was a drought between i want to say live 98 and live 2000 um there's a drought all the way up until 2013 where i didn't mod Mm. like at all um so what were we doing when we were trying to get creative we were doing what you're doing with those jersey rosters we were getting you know creative with the in-game tools the in-game editors we were moving players around and whatnot um creating these fantasy type scenarios with you know the stock assets and we had tons of fun and so many memories doing that so it doesn't always need to be a big roster mod you can do a lot with the in-game editors and it's fun just for uh for, for your own enjoyment i mean i will put these out on the on the nlsc uh they are pretty much complete they may even be out by the time that you've uh, that you're listening to this um but yeah that just my own enjoyment They're, they've been fun projects and also scratching an itch derek because these minimalist projects are getting me in the mood to to try something a bit more in depth. So we'll see what happens there. But it's just been fun to to tinker, to mess around with an old favorite, 
as I've said before, as much as I love going back to old games and playing them, the, the interactive almanac aspect of them, and, and just enjoying the old gameplay and, and so forth, you know, retro modding is fun as well, because it brings back all the memories of messing around with the game back in the day, and again, creating a new experience for uh, some retro gaming. Yeah, I, I love it. Right. The other thing, too, is um, we're at the height of access and social media and sharing and whatnot. And the bonus is, is that now you can also look forward to us connecting and us capturing those moments. And then we can share those with the community on YouTube. And it's something that can be preserved forever. Right. Like, you know, I uploaded recently our NBA Live 99 and NBA Live 96 sessions, those games, those highlights and whatnot. And we can have that forever. We can always look back on that. So I think it adds another um, aspect and another bonus to creating these rosters and whatnot, because now we can share it with the world. And since we're always uh, trying to share with with the community the tools we use and the programs that uh, have been so useful to us, once again, Action, Rollless Action has been fantastic. I still use Bandicamp for some things, mostly screenshots these days, uh, but also Action has been so great, getting more into that. Um, I, I've actually picked up a new Elgato that has uh, 60 frames per second, the HD 60S off uh, eBay. Unfortunately, they put the wrong cable in the box. Uh, I'm sorting that out, and hopefully we'll have that sorted out by, uh, by next week. But that'll be great to send you some uh, some clips that are actually in 60 frames per second and uh, also do some more. Andrew content. was people. Andrew was sad. I just want to point that out. Yeah, we were talking about it. And when he found out that they put the wrong cable in there, um, his demeanor from being like the happy kid on Christmas morning. Oh, yeah. Being able to test it out. Like you went from that to just being like bombed. You didn't get the gift that you wanted. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like you opened the cold in the like, stocking. Wow, absolutely. Not... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I thought this was going to be a video game system, but it's like a package of underwear yeah. or something like that. <laughs> it's a raincoat, like, that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, a raincoat. No, but nobody got me a raincoat for Christmas, but I definitely got underwear. Oh, that, that's uh, uh, that's uh, 70 Show reference there. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I actually Eric, never watched yeah, that. Eric got a, a raincoat instead of the uh, uh, Evil Knievel um, stunt cycle. Yes. Okay, so yeah, compared to that, I guess. Yeah, Very I guess we can compare yeah. it to that. Absolutely. Yeah. So I love my, you know how I feel. Like, I love my HD60, my Elgato. I, I've captured so many, so much um, great footage using it in, like, 1080p, 60 FPS. And I've made so many videos with it. And it's still going strong years and years and years and years later. You ended up getting the HD60S, which is um, reliant on USB 3.0. Um, and I think that's part of the problem here. Well, it is, they didn't yeah. include that cable. But I'll tell you what. Once you start capturing with the HD60S, you'll never want to share straight from the console ever again. Yeah. Because it's just such clean, smooth footage and really high quality. I got um, Nate and Roger, the Live 01 Legends, I got them the Elgato Game Capture HD, which was the original, right? And I sent that to them and they've been capturing PS3 footage with it. They, they've been posting NBA 2K11 footage. I want to say I saw maybe Madden footage. Um, they had NBA Live 10 footage that they posted from it, etc. And it just looks awesome. So I'm excited for you to get that working and be able to like, you know, capture in like higher quality. Yeah, I mean, I've got the, the Game Capture HD, which, you know, it's been reliable. It, it does the job. Uh, but yeah, it, it does max out at 30 frames per second. It gets 60 in, 30 
uh, out. So well, it doesn't make sense though. Is uh, they have I got them the HD. You must have even the older version, maybe yeah, the first I generation. Yeah, I, I do, don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I got them the um, game capture HD. That's what it's called. Um, and they're capturing an unbelievably smooth 1080p at 60 FPS. Yeah. So that, it's interesting. That, yeah. that, mine is an older one that is, uh, again, yeah. re- reliable. It does the job. The clips are there. They look okay. They can be cleaned up, obviously, if you've got the tools. But uh, yeah, getting, a bit, getting it in uh, 60 frames per second is going to be so much better. And, of course, Mavavi for, for video production. Yeah, how great is Movavi then? I know we've talked about it a lot, like what we use to make videos and editing tools and and capture tools and whatnot. But I think it's very important to let the community know also what we recommend because the NLSC YouTube now has so much content on it. We're uploading game gameplay videos all the time and whatnot. Uh, what I recommend for an editor, Movavi Video Suite, you love it. I love it. So easy to use. Quick exports. Um, so many stock assets. So I recommend for an editor on PC, Marillus Action for highlights and recording. I got King J Mace on it. He absolutely loves it. He even streams with it and whatnot, and his streams are beautiful. Um, and, yeah, those two are incredibly key. And then, obviously, an Elgato game capture doesn't hurt either. And as far as uh, applications go, uh, Parsec is essential as well. DOSBox for older games and uh, you can also install older versions of Windows on that. VMware, if you're a bit more technically savvy, you can install virtual machines on that. Uh, but there's also a lot of workarounds. We've got some of them in the download section now to, uh, to, to run those older games. You know, we talked about copy protection, Derek. Once they st- started bringing in some of the uh, anti-optical uh, disk copy, the, anti- the CD-ROM disk protection, some of those methods have been uh, removed in Windows 10 and, uh, and eight, eight, even 7 and 8.1 they've been patched out so it's uh, it's vital to to use those workarounds otherwise uh, it's going to try and use some copy protection that is no longer supported by by windows 10 so if you're trying to play those older games and modern operating systems uh, check out those resources in the forum and uh, and hit us up because we, we've got some links to uh, various guides and we'll try to create some of our own as we've been saying but there are some guides out there for live 98 through to 2001 that uh, you know, shout out to Matt that he put together, and for uh, Matt's uh, classic game fixes. That uh, yeah, let us know. We've got some resources for you. However, I think you're on in the same boat as I am. We are going to do everything we possibly can to avoid updating to Windows 11. Yeah, yeah. I I, I I've heard some bad things about compatibility with Windows 11. Um, I'm very comfortable with Windows 10 now. I have everything working on Windows 10. I'm going to avoid upgrading at all costs. I've uh, installed Windows 11 on a couple of customers' computers or set it up when they bought a new one. And uh, yeah, I'm not that impressed with it so far. And, and all the compatibility with older games that we've heard about. And uh, Sticky Fingers, shout out to Sticky Fingers, has uh, done some research into this and uh, downgraded back to Windows 10 after finding out <laughs> all these issues. So uh, yeah, be careful about that if you're a, a retro gamer on PC. But uh, speaking of our wonderful community, Derek, how about we open up the mailbag? To the mailman. What an unbelievable dunk. So, Andrew, uh, I asked the community who their favorite cover athlete of all time was. And then the bonus question was, what was your favorite cover art of all time? So they could choose to answer one or the other. And I, I posted a screenshot, actually, of me holding NBA Live 96, you know, with Shaq throwing it down. And I said, you can have Booker, I'll take Shaq. Yes. Um <laughs> but I did a little research on this and I actually have a quiz for you that goes along with 
the research. So the main statistical categories, points per game, rebounds per game, assists per game, steals per game, blocks per game, field goal percentage, and free throw percentage. I picked the cover player that had the single season best in each one of those categories. And I'm going to name the player and the average that they had, but I want you to tell me off the top of your head what games they were the cover athlete for. Okay. So points per game, Michael Jordan. One season he averaged 37.1 points per game. Um, what games were Michael? was Michael Jordan the cover athlete for? So the aforementioned Jordan versus Bird, obviously, shared with Larry Bird. Uh, he was on an insert in NBA Live 2000, just on the cover with Duncan, but down the side, Jordan is back. Uh, 2K11, 2K12, one of three. Uh, he was a, the special edition cover of 2K16 and also 2K23, Jordan edition. And of course, his jersey on this special edition. Beautiful. And Michael Jordan in the wind, chaos in the windy city. Of but course, yes. Really right. I mean, it's worth mentioning. Um, <laughs> yeah, perfect. Um, rebounds per game. Ben Wallace, 15.4, your favorite player, Ben Wallace. Of course. Um, what games were was Ben Wallace the cover athlete on? That would be uh, ESPN NBA 2K5. Absolutely. Now, I chose Ben Wallace because I don't know if we're counting Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as a cover athlete because he was kind of a shared cover athlete, but he did average 16.9 rebounds per game one season. What game was Kareem a shared cover athlete? I'm going to say Lakers versus Celtics. Well, yes. So that's actually a good point. So yeah, Lakers versus Celtics. Um, I was thinking more of a recent game, but that's a good oh, point. Because oh, if we want to go jam. back, we have to go slam back to also Slam and Jam 96. Yes, yes. With Magic Johnson, yeah. You know, we, we should have mentioned that last week on for our Halloween episode because, of course, that we had the Monsters team in Slam and Jam 96 with uh, with with Purple Guy, long before uh, Five Nights at Freddy's came out. But there you go. But yes. Um, yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah. Tribute all over the place. Uh, what's next? So actually, and Kareem was also on the 2K22 Legends Edition. Oh, of course. So, of course, yes. Yeah, that was the other one. Um, assists per game, Magic Johnson averaged 13.1. Um, and what covers did Magic Johnson grace? Well, of course, there's Slam and Jam with Kareem, I imagine. Um, there's, uh, if not Lakers versus Celtics, he was uh, 2K12, one of three. And... Uh, there's a game that comes it has two different titles but the one that i know it by is uh, magic johnson's fast break bingo yep exactly um steals per game michael jordan again we don't have to do this one but 3.2 steals per game blocks per game let's see if you can get this right away hakeem olajuwon 4.6 i'll give you a hint i posted my collection of this recently this oh um, that that would be uh, nba shootout 98 also known as total nba 98 in australia you're good. You're good. Yep, exactly. He's going in for that huge one-handed dunk yep. on NBA Shootout 98's cover. Um, field goal percentage, Shaq. Um, if we want to count this, he was 66.7% in 37 games for the Celtics the end of his career. But he's still the top spot with 60.9% with the Suns in 75 games. So what covers did Shaq grace? Well, of course, there's the, the classic Shaq Fu, if we're going to mention uh, Chaos in the Windy City. Uh, <laughs> we don't need to mention Shaq Fu. Uh, so there's NBA Live 96, the PC and PS1 version. There's uh, NBA Inside... Is it NBA Inside Drive 2004? I'm trying to remember yep. which one is Inside Drive 2004 because I know that T-Mac was on the other... T shootout 2004, wasn't it? Was that T-Mac? Yeah, yeah, no, you got it You got it right. Um, Shaq's on NBA Inside Drive 2004 cover with the, the Lakers uniform. He's holding the ball That's right, with one yeah. hand on his side, yeah. 
and NBA 2K18 Legend Edition. Yeah, so he was, yeah, so NBA Live 96, um, NBA 2K6, NBA 2K7. Um, of course, and, 2K6 and 2K7, yes. How could I forget? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Remember, he was back to back. It was really That's weird. That's right, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, interesting uh, trivia about the 2004 season games. Uh, most of the players, uh, I think T Mac was on, what, was on Shootout, Shaq was on Inside Drive, and uh, Vince Carter was 2004. They all moved on before or during the 2005 season. So they, they were all gone the next year from their teams. That's some interesting trivia, actually. Um, free throw percentage, Larry Bird, 93%. Um, so what covers did Larry Bird grace? So that would be Jordan versus Bird, obviously. Uh, one of the cover athletes of 2K12. And I'll say that he was part of the Lakers versus Celtics. Also Dr. J versus Bird. Of course, Dr. J versus Bird, yes. The original, yep. yeah. So yeah, that's that. Also, just uh, if we wanted to account, count this, on the cover of NBA All-Star Challenge, um, Hakeem Olajuwon oh, is on that. So if you want to go back to Hakeem, he's on the um, the furthest to the left of the box and, and whatnot. So yeah, he's uh, he was a cover athlete back then. Might be the only he's game. also sneaky in NBA Live 95, Andrew. He's sneaky. That's NBA the thing, Live yeah. 90... yeah. <laughs> Ori is the cover athlete, technically, if you wanted to call Star- it that. Stocks and Ori, yeah. Invisible. yeah. Right. But um, if you actually look, underneath Ori, who's like looking, he's like starting to box out and whatnot, Hakeem's there. And of course, the uh, the cover of NBA Fast Break 98 has uh, Jordan's arm in it. And sort of part of his body. Yep, so technically, unless you want to count Adam Keefe as more of a cover athlete. For NBA Fast Break 98, because I mean, why, I mean, why wouldn't I? But you know, <laughs> right? So no, thank you. That was some some awesome trivia. I love that and uh, diving into uh, like, like those kinds of details about basketball games, all part of the nostalgia, right? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. And it is funny that Shaq thing that I think a lot of people forget that he was a two-time cover athlete for NBA 2K back to back. Like, what a strange thing that was. Because there are so many players in the league that could have like graced the cover that hadn't like been on the cover before like vince carter right like why not grab vince carter for 2k6 or 2k7 why have Shaq for both of those games but. yeah yeah because of course live 06 had uh, Dwayne wade on the cover which meant uh, that uh, the uh, 06 and 2k6 were the, were the first year that uh, both uh, live and 2k had a, a champion on their cover in the same year yeah yeah that makes perfect sense too and um i, bl- I believe we talked about that at the time you know when they were new we were like this is cool because you know they were both champions and and whatnot, but I don't know. I don't know why they did that for two K seven. So before we get to the uh, community's answers, I'll just throw out there and say that Michael Jordan is my favorite cover player. Uh, probably no surprise there. And I, I do really like the two K twenty three cover art, but I, I think I will have to go with two K twelve. I really like that design. I couldn't make a decision. I know that sounds crazy, um, but because I asked the question. But I couldn't really make a, de- a decision on my favorite cover athlete or my favorite cover art because I like so many, right? Like even going back to that NBA Inside Drive 2004 cover art with Shaq in a Lakers uniform holding the ball, um, you know, by his side and whatnot, like he's palming the ball. Like that's so cool. Like I, I love the look of that. You know, I also love the look of, you know, the Jordan versus Bird cover. Of course. cover art and whatnot so like it's hard for me to choose a favorite and then as far as like a favorite cover player i mean clyde drexler was on the cover of nba all-star challenge i mean technically he's a cover there, player there I go, could yeah. choose clyde drexler um i'm a huge julius irving guy 
You've probably noticed that with me and my brother in the top 10 plays of the week. Irving gets in there a lot. We love Julius. Uh, he's been on the cover before. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I love Vince Carter. He's been a cover athlete before for NBA Live, obviously. T-Mac's been on the cover of many different titles. Uh, yeah, I can't choose, I guess, a favorite cover player. Sean Kemp was on the cover of NBA Showdown. If you remember correctly, NBA he Jam was Extreme. also yeah. on NBA Jam Extreme, one of the most famous covers. And actually, Kim Olajuwon could technically be called a cover athlete there too, right? Because he's in the picture. Yeah. I don't know. Um, with the Houston Rockets pajama uniforms. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, love Akeem. Love Drexler. Love Irving. Um, yeah. Too, too tough for me to choose. Would you say you have a preference as far as the, the style of cover, like a, a straight-up uh, cutout of the pl- photo of the player, or maybe something a bit more stylized, like a like a 2K23, like a 2K12, or, a, or, or the Dwight Howard cover of NBA Live 10 is a little bit more stylized, uh, as opposed to just being uh, the, the straight-up picture of the player cut out on the cover? I'm flexible. So um, we come from a time when there wasn't even a cover athlete for a lot of the games. It was just an action shot. Of course. Like yeah. we talked about, like NBA Live 95, it's Robert Ory um, going up at the rim. But it's not like Robert Ory's a cover player. It's just like an in-game action shot that they chose. Same with NBA Fast Break 98 and whatnot, Bulls versus Blazers, games like that. So I can take that. I can also take like the NBA Live 2004 approach where it's just a player, simple yet effective, um, you know, Jason Kidd, Vince Carter examples and whatnot. And then I can also go the route of NBA 2K12. It was, you know, either all three of them, Bird, Magic and Jordan on the cover together or we had talked about on pre, uh, previous episodes or like them solo on the cover. And it's this really cool art style behind them. I think those are really cool covers. So I, I don't really have a preference. I think that as long as it's well done, it's well done. I've come around to that way of thinking. I, I'll admit to being a bit of a snob back in the day and, and preferring either the action shot or that more traditional cutout of the player on the cover and looking at some of those uh, some of those more uh, artistic designs and feeling a bit iffy about them back in the day. But now I've come around to really appreciate them and, and, uh, and to actually have that more experimentation and uh, artistic flair to them. No, I, I think there's been tremendous covers of, of both styles, so uh, so I agree. I, I think that we're very fortunate uh, to have companies that back in the day really experimented, right? Like, and they tried new things and whatnot because we and that we're old enough, you and I, to kind of see the not the progress, but you know, all of these companies trying these new things and doing different things with the covers because, like I stated, it started one way where it was mostly just that screen from a game and just all the players on the court then it went to like targeting the stars right like a guy that you know they think would help sell their game even like steve smith for fox sports basketball 2000 he was targeted because they thought hey you know what he can he's available and he can possibly help us sell our game and then later on they ended up coming out with like legends editions right of course that was a newer thing so they started coming out with um you know the regular current player and then legends edition whether it be dirk and kareem or kobe kobe was for 2k17 Etc. Um, then like, like like the special t- um, edition with Jordan and 2K16 regional covers. So, yeah, yeah, regional covers. So we got to see like how that changed up over the years, and I have like a, an appreciation of all of it, to be honest. And it has become a big deal. I mean, back in the day, it was just the cover player, but now it's 
uh, it, it became something that people really focused on the, the reveal of the cover and whether it was a good choice or not and, and ultimately it's what's inside the box right or or the digital download as the case may be that uh, that matters but uh, there's something about having a cool cover and a, a player that you like on the on the cover of a game that uh, again it's just that added part of nostalgia and uh, appreciation for the game and speaking of 2K16, and then we can get to people's responses, I did connect briefly with Sticky Fingers because he's been really into that game lately. You've been seeing him post a lot of stuff on Twitter. Mm. And um, I was the guest, uh, and we were just playing I don't know, the, the stock rosters. It was Warriors versus 76ers, and I was the Warriors. He was the 76ers. And, um, man, that game is still fun. It's really fun to get on the sticks with somebody else and whatnot. So shout out to sticky fingers for spending some time modding nba 2k16 because it is one of the best games in the franchise's history as far as being well received so getting to the answers now first up we have steve the live king at steve from the dot uh answers with a gif which is vince carter's uh incredible uh reverse dunk against the uh indiana pacers which of course uh, represents uh, if nothing else nba live 2004 so yeah no i i agree that was a, a very memorable cover yeah, I'd like to connect with him on that game. We did connect on NBA Live 18. I want to say we also connected on NBA Live 15 at one point. But I'd like to connect with him on one of the older live games because he definitely has an appreciation for that era, uh, that great era of NBA Live games, and I bet he's great at the games. Next up we have Chuck at ChuckLA92. Has uh, Kobe Bryant in NBA 2K10 holding out the, the jersey, the, the famous pose that he would do the celebration and uh, certainly a memorable cover. And, and do you remember the uh, the Spike Lee Knicks, Kobe Knicks uh, cover with him wearing number 17? Lynn Sanity, before Lynn Sanity. Yeah, do you remember the uh, Kobe Bryant NBA 2K10 commercial where he's sitting down on a couch with Derrick Rose? Yes. And they're playing NBA 2K10 and they're like kind of trash talking back and forth and whatnot. What a great commercial. Right, I, I they, they those, definitely yeah. helped sell that game, and they don't they don't make control um, commercials like that anymore. Um, but when I think of NBA Two K Ten and uh, and you know I think of Kobe, that sticks out. That commercial, uh, the game is has a great soundtrack, has great gameplay, and that's one of those covers that have a little bit of an artistic twist to it around Kobe, and I think it's really good. It's also a, a winning. Uh, a poll a poll winner to have that design because there were four different covers uh including the uh i think there were three lakers covers and then the the joke uh nicks cover which was never going to be uh, a thing they were never going to do that but it was, there was an, uh, there was an option that was going to be struck from the uh, the poll when they were tabulating the results but there were actually a couple of other designs uh go back and see them i, I think i posted them in my uh uh, when, when I look back at that uh, Knicks cover for Wayback Wednesday, the alternate covers that they could have had for 2K10, I think they went with the best possible pose for that one. And, and like you say, that artistic flair on the on the cover just uh, just makes it stand out. Yeah, and I mean, Kobe was winning a lot at that time, right? They had won the 08-09 um, season NBA championship, so the 2009 title. And then, of course, they won again in 2010. So some great rosters to use in those games as well. Next up, we have AP underscore problem on Twitter, uh, favorite cover athlete of all time. That's tough. Almost a tie between MJ and AI. I'm going with the man who made Jordan reevaluate his ankles, AI on NBA 2K Sega Dreamcast 1999. Favorite cover of all time, Yuta Tabuse on Live 06 Japanese release. The most exotic cover ever. Yeah, now that is a very rare collectible. I've had a, 
every so often I have a look for it on eBay. I've never seen that one show up, and I imagine it would be very expensive. But that, that is definitely an obscure cover, and uh, and kind of cool that he he was a, 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 I think the only free agent to appear on a, a cover, uh, albeit wearing the uh, Japanese team jersey. But uh, yeah, that that's obscure. Yeah, he spent a little bit of time with the Suns. Four games, yeah. But I don't think, yeah, it was like four games, yeah. Um, no, that is interesting. Uh, I uh, love the the loyalty that 2K, you know, paid to Allen Iverson in the early stages of 2K's come up, right? He was the face original the cover yeah. athlete. Game, yeah. yeah, he was the face of the game, you know, and then they stuck with him for 2K1, 2K2, 2K3, and ESPN NBA basketball. So he was the cover athlete for all of those games. It's unfortunate what happened with Allen Iverson, though, with like 2K16 and 2K15, because his cyber face is absolutely terrible in the in the 2K games. They really butchered it. It looks absolutely nothing like him uh, in those games. And I always thought that was kind of disrespectful for somebody that meant so much to the series. Um, but yeah, those Allen Iverson covers, I've shown my collection before. I have all of the you know, Dreamcast 2Ks and whatnot, and those are special. Also follows up by saying most 2K covers by an athlete, uh, first uh, five editions of 2K, as you said, and uh, Iverson, cover I think was AI, and uh, MJ 2K11, 2K12, 2K16, and 2K23 editions uh, leading the way with five different covers. Yeah, definitely been some repeat uh, cover players in, in 2K. Live hasn't done that, uh, although they were set to do that with Live 13, with Dwayne Wade, who was on the cover of Live 06, but of course uh, Live 13 uh, went down in flames. Right, live. I really wish Live 2013 had come out because it had to have been better than Live 14. Chuck also mentions uh, 2K10 Kobe, 2K11 MJ, and uh, 2K23 MJ. Very popular choices there. Next up, we have Little Rascal Mike at MC underscore three eight six. I'm biased because of being a Magic fan, but NBA Live 10. And yes, that was that stylized cover with Dwight Howard that I mentioned before. And uh, yeah, that, that's really grown on me. Live Live 10 in general has really grown on me. Uh, it was my big retro kick last year, as you recall. But yeah, that, that cover's pretty cool as well. Dwight Howard was huge back then, right? Oh yeah, I mean that P- was people forget. Dwight Howard. That was super that was Superman Dwight Howard. That was um dominant post um dunker Dwight Howard. That was unstoppable rim protector Dwight Howard. Like people forget, um there's been a lot of jokes made about him over the last few years, but people forget how absolutely great and dominant Dwight Howard was in the um the late 2000s and even super early 2010s he was a fitting cover athlete for nba live 10 and i don't remember anybody balking at that at the time next up we have trev at midwest king underscore 100 uh 2k23 jordan edition is my favorite cover art shack gun live 96 is my favorite athlete so yeah i i did love, really love what they did with 2k23 and and yeah it's funny because not live 96 I, as we mentioned during the trivia he's on the pc and ps1 cover but the uh, the other 16-bit versions have the the traditional shot of the NBA Finals, similar to to Live '95, the uh, Magic versus uh, Magic versus Rockets. Yeah, I, I do like the differentiation there, and of course, in the picture that I posted, I'm holding up the long box PlayStation version, which is Orlando Shaq cramming it in with one hand and whatnot. So, yeah, no, I think those are good choices. I think I like that he mixed it up, you know, from his favorite athlete and then the the, the favorite art. And I do like the Michael Jordan edition NBA 2K23 cover. I said it on a prior episode. I thought they did a really good job with that. I far prefer it over the Devin Booker one. Next up, we have D Zulu at Khan on Twitter. KG is my all-time everything NBA-wise, and Kid is my NBA and college point guard, and shares the covers of NBA Live 2001 and NBA Live 2003. 
yeah, that, that 2001 cover is is classic. Uh, KG going up for the dunk, of course. And I, I remember the live 2003 cover, Derek, there being a, a tease for that back in the day that they put out the shadow uh, of the cover with, and people were trying to guess who it was based on the uh, the shadow of the armband, the outline of the armband, and the way he was dribbling the ball. And uh, quite a few people did pick uh, Jason Kidd in the original Black and Blue NLC forum. But I, I remember that as one of the big first big teasers in the previous season for us. Yeah, Jason Kidd, not one of my favorite cover athletes of all time. I was actually never really that big of a fan of him as a player. Um, but, you know, the Nets around that time did make two finals in a row. And they were the best team in the Eastern Conference. So, I mean, it was a fitting choice dev kid be the cover athlete of nba live 2003 and uh yeah nba live 2001 obviously nate stasho and roger ward um live 2001 legends love that choice of you know kg and i believe nate also responded to this saying that obviously nba live 2001 he did there was no surprise there but again i love how they fly the flag for 2001 Oh my God. Yeah. I think it was Roger that said that if he had $20, he would buy 10 copies of NBA Live 2001. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, they're definitely, they're definitely uh, committed and they love it. Next up, we have Tony Stiles Jr. at Tony Stiles 24. Some of my favorites are AI on NBA 2K2, Dwayne Wade, NBA Live 06, LeBron on NBA 2K14, but my favorite is Kobe NBA 2K10. Uh, 2K14, as you know, another uh, favorite of mine as of uh, the last year or so. And uh, look, LeBron is not one of my favorite players, but that is a pretty cool cover. So yeah, you know, NBA Live 06, Dwayne Wade, you know, he's chosen for the cover athlete, and then he goes on to win the NBA championship. Good pick. How about that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a great pick. Uh, th- that was, And then he ended up being the talk of everybody's household at that point. Um, that and the fact that the Dallas Mavericks choked that series away. And there were a lot of questionable calls that favored the Heat, but we're not going to get into that yeah. on this episode of Another the NLC time. podcast. <laughs> I, have, <laughs> I have feelings about that series and comments Tim Donahue has made around, uh, uh, um, you know, made about it and etc. But uh, anyway, yeah, great. Uh, I thought the Live 06 cover was great. Unfortunately, the game was a little bit underwhelming for a lot of people. The uh, not the PS2 version or the PC version, but the um, next gen version at the time, 360, yeah, uh, yeah. 360 version, um, and that that part was unfortunate. And that had a, a different uh, cover because usually when they have multi-platform. It's uh, they've quite often had the same cover across all platforms, except for the the strip that says PS2, PS3, whatever. But they've had the same cover art. But yeah, they went with a different shot of, of Wade for the uh, the next gen version, which was interesting. And, and again, I guess kind of underscored the idea that it was uh, a brand new game. Yeah, Wade was uh, one of my, my my brother Nick loved Dwayne Wade, so we 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 were talking about him really early on, even when he first came into the NBA. My brother was super excited that they ended up winning the title in 2006. And the, the funny part is, is that my brother Mark was a gigantic Dirk Nowitzki fan. Always loved Dirk. So he wasn't as happy as Nick. So that was a thing where they they just couldn't agree on that. But um, my brother is still, my brother Mark, whenever we do fantasy drafts, still drafts Dirk Nowitzki when he's available, like in every video game, every time. So he loves Dirk. And finally, we have from the NLC Discord, uh, Juicy Shackmeat, and of course in the forum as well, uh, Modern Our Community, lots of great uh, 2K11 mods, as we've said before. Uh, says, uh, for the favorite cover athlete of all time, uh, choose Brandon Roy from NBA 10 The Inside, uh, all-time favorite cover athlete, around 2008 to 2011. My favorite team, the Pistons, wasn't very good, so my attention went to the Trailblazers, after I once saw the, they sent six players on the floor against the Celtics. Uh, yeah, I remember that too. 
Uh, it turned out to be a blessing in disguise as I learned more about their star player, Brandon Roy, who was very fundamentally sound as a scorer and earned Kobe Bryant's respect. He was considered the toughest player to guard by the Mumba. Paying me emotionally to witness his quick decline due to his leg condition, his comeback with the Wolves gave me a glimpse of hope that he may overcome his injuries after all, but to no avail. After his playing career, he became a very successful high school coach. He made the news again in 2017 when he shielded children from gunfire and got hit in his leg. Thankfully, he's recovered since, uh, learning that I'm so glad I had a favorite player who was not only an outstanding player and coach, but also an outstanding human being. And, uh, and thank you for the detailed response, uh, Juicy Shackmeat. Um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of an obscure choice as well. NBA 10, the inside uh, PSP exclusive, I believe. Certainly not as uh, prominent as some of the other games we've been talking about. But but yeah, uh, that, that's that's a game that I know that you own and you've played, uh, so you can talk a bit more about it than I can. But but yeah, a pretty cool choice at the time, and, and yeah, Brandon Roy, uh, such such a such a great character. Never heard a bad word about Brandon Roy from players, coaches. Um, you know, after he retired, you know his exploits after you know when he went out in you know when he was out of the nba and whatnot i think that's a fitting choice and a lot of people you know can look up to him as kind of a role model and whatnot so yeah that's i I absolutely no issues with that choice i also want to point out two things um one you know for a guy who has a handle juicy shack meat which is incredibly weird um juicy shack meat uh, i've connected with him before and i've talked to them a lot um on discord and whatnot he is the opposite of weird uh, he just seems like a really cool <laughs> dude um so wanted to let you know thanks for um listening to the show and um participating in the conversation and everything but that is a very weird name that you have for that stands handle. out stands out <laughs> yeah it does stand out you know people have commented on it already um juicy shack me uh otherwise uh, i also want to say about nba 10 the inside uh it is a fun game i i did play it and i posted some footage on it it has the skills challenge in that game and it's very well executed the gameplay is really loose and fun it, it is too bad that they didn't bring it to ps3 and uh juicy also says uh for my favorite cover art and style it's a tie for me between nba 2k 10 so another vote for that one uh the anniversary cover 10th anniversary cover and uh, nba street volume 2 I'll never forget how odd I was seeing it for the first time in my hometown during my freshman year semester break. The way the gold colors pop out and seeing a semi-blurred, hyped-up Kobe couldn't make me resist looking at it. The cover athlete choice was also fitting after the Lakers just won the finals that year, just like Garnett in 2K9. However, after reading how the NLC community looks fondly on NBA Street Volume 2, seeing the cover art repeatedly made me fall in love with the exaggerated player illustrations and half-retro, half-gangster title font. It truly captured that early 2000s urban flair that I still get nostalgic for from time to time. Yeah, NBA Street Volume 2. Uh, I'm surprised we didn't get a few more uh, comments on that. That That is definitely a great uh, uh, cover as far as that uh, stylized approach. Uh, and yeah, as he says, very popular around the uh, early to mid-2000s, that style, and uh, and just perfect for NBA Street Volume 2. I also want to point out when we were going over cover, like Michael Jordan on covers, he was actually on the Street Volume 2 cover. Of course. He is, um, he's behind Irving, actually, um, to the left of him. Or like when you're viewing it to your left and whatnot. And I believe he's doing like a one-hand dunk animation. He is, yes. Uh, uh, also yeah. a render of, uh, on the Japanese cover of the original NBA Street, is a uh, in-game render of uh, of MJ. Right, and don't you have like a, I think it's NBA Live 2002 MJ Wizards cover? Yep, NBA Live 2002. Well. Yep, Japanese NBA Live 2002 and Japanese NBA Street, both with MJ on the cover, yeah. There you go. So um, so yeah, those those covers, in my opinion, do count. So, there you, go. you know, we mentioned Utah Taboos and whatnot, too. So, um, yeah, obviously Jordan spent a little bit more time in the NBA and had more success than Utah Taboos, but we don't need to go into that. Slightly, a little bit more. A little bit. 
so thank you to everybody who responded to the question some great covers there and, and you know Derek although it is ultimately immaterial the, the, the game inside is what matters and some people say oh it's just the cover and, 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 and whatnot it, it's still an interesting talking point there's some interesting trivia around covers like the, the Japanese covers of uh, NBA Street or NBA Live 2002 uh, like the, the players moving on or the 2004 play- cover athletes moving on either in the off season or, with, or during the season in the case of Vince Carter the following year just looking at those covers also brings back memory of the games and, and playing them. So, no, it, it's always a, a, a fun, nostalgic topic to talk about uh, video game covers. Yeah, it's a fun part of collecting. It's, uh, you know, just like getting the manual, right? It's all part of the um, experience, right? You know, the, the nostalgic experience. It's the manual, the cover, um, the the disc art, uh, the back of the box, all of that stuff. It, it's, it's all awesome. And for people who didn't necessarily follow the preview season, very closely and when they're first getting into basketball gaming and basketball you just see that uh that cover player you know you go you go to the video game store and you you see the uh all the sports games you see the basketball games lined up there and you remember seeing oh what's this game maybe live testing three jason kidd on the cover you know you would you were drawn to uh to things like that so it's easy for us to sometimes with us being such uh, uh hoop heads and virtual hoop heads that uh, really followed all the previous seasons in depth uh, it's it's uh, I, I think we can lose sight of how it appeals to the uh, the more casual gamer as well, and that's what they remember. It also speaks to a time, right? So, like when you see Vince Carter on the cover of NBA Live 2004, you see him in a Raptors jersey. Of right? course, he's yeah. not with the Nets. He's ben not Wallace, with Dallas. He's not know. with Phoenix. Right? Yeah, you see um, Tracy McGrady in Orlando Magic jersey. It brings you back to those teams and rosters and whatnot, and that amazing version of T Mac. You know that averaged 30 and whatnot. You know you're not thinking about you know, later in the two thousands when he ended up with like Houston and, everybody. And, and, <laughs> and whatnot. Yeah, right. Exactly. The Spurs later on in the 2010s for a short stint or like the Knicks or the Hawks. What a weird thing for T-Mac to play Pistons, with the Knicks yeah. and the Hawks and those, yeah. And the Pistons and those short stints. It just never looked right. There's actually an Instagram account that I follow, uh, the, the classic hoops, I believe it is. And they're doing a, in case you forgot series at the moment and, uh, players in, uh, kind of familiar faces in strange places, kind of like my articles. And, uh, T-Mac shows up in a lot of them. It's come, come a bit of a running gag in the comments that, uh, pretty much every, uh, in case you forgot is, uh, <laughs> it features T-Mac at this point. Can't wait for those, uh, Michael Olawa candy with the Celtics, uh, highlights and those Darko Milicic preseason Celtics highlights. Can't wait to see those on that channel. Um, too bad Darko didn't stick around. I was actually hoping to see him play a full season in the Celtics uniform. Yeah, it's all part of that interactive almanac aspect and uh, that, that year that Ben Wallace was a star, as, as he was after the Pistons won. So it, it really is a time capsule. The roster's in the game every, and everything, and the, the gameplay really captures the, the spirit and the, of, the, of the time and the NBA as it was. But yeah, the, the cover players, you, you know who was hot at the time, who, who was a star. But thank you again for the answers and uh, stay tuned for more mailbag questions moving forward. Absolutely. Keep interacting with us, answering the mailbag. Um, you know, come up with topics you'd like us to discuss on the show. Kid Cash has done a really good job with that. Um, keep submitting highlights to the top 10 for, you know, for the top 10 plays of the week and whatnot. We love to hear from you, and you guys are a big part of this. With that being said, that has brought us to the end of the show. As always, we thank you for tuning in and invite you to join us again next week, either on the NLSC, nbslive.com, our YouTube channel, or your podcast app of choice. In the meantime, please connect with us on social media. That's where you can get in touch with us and, of course, stay up to date with all of our content. So, Derek, go ahead and plug those handles. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter where I'm the most active at D4Free84 and at D4Free-G. I'm on the Analyst C, D4Free, and YouTube, D4Free. I am Andrew in the forum and Andrew NLSC on Twitter. 
The NLSC is on Twitter and Facebook at the NLSC. Our Instagram is NLSC Basketball. We're on YouTube at youtube.com slash Center. And of course, keep it locked to the NLSC itself, nb-live.com, for everything we do for basketball video games. So, thank you once again for tuning in. And until next time, I'm Andrew. And I'm Derek. Go get buckets, everyone.